Uh, can I show you something that I'm like genuinely so in love with? Absolutely. Sometimes there are things I really want to talk to you about, but I don't because I want to save it for this. And sometimes I know I don't do that. But did you and I talk about Kmart? <laughs> we have not. I want to share with you this article. Bro, did you see this? Okay. This guy loved working at Kmart so much that he put 56 hours of his Muzak on of its Muzak online. In the wreckage of a corporation with numbered days, Mark Davis has inadvertently created I an extremely valuable time capsule. This article, bro, did you see this? Allowing us to understand the mundanity of lives that would otherwise be forgotten. Okay. So, a trip to Kmart in 2015 is a trip to an American purgatory. True. Oh, man, this is a bummer. If your, town, if your town still has one, it probably seems cramped, ragged, poorly lit, and maybe a little bit dirty. A little bit. Um, best case scenario, you're walking into what feels, more than anything else, like a counterfeit Walmart. Burn. I never have thought about it that way. But I guess that is what it is. Yeah, sadly. I always thought that Kmart I always thought the Kmart and Target were more at odds. Cause they're both red, I guess, as a kid. <laughs> yeah, I don't think uh, that's enough. Yeah, I don't know. I think I think yep. Okay. Um my my town still has one somehow. Its Yelp reviews are sad, like trying to stick up for an estranged alcoholic relative is sad. Oh gosh, this is so dark. Yeah. Even the lone positive review penned by Rebecca T, goes out of its way to mention the place is disorganized and a little dirty. The last time I went there, Dream Logic took over. I felt like I had fallen out of a 2015 and into a place where 1995 never ended. Maybe if I rounded the wrong corner, I would walk into an entertainment section prominently advertising the Star Wars trilogy on VHS, or pass by the ghost of my grandmother buying Tupperware. 90s nostalgia by way of Ambrose Bierce. It seemed like the lights might go off at any minute, and a manager's voice would come over the PA to coldly say, We regret to inform you that this store does not exist. <laughs> uh, the whole chain is fading to black now. It's best days behind it, even before the 13-year death march that began when they declared bankruptcy in 2002. You know what? They stuck around for for declaring bankruptcy then. They've stuck around for a while. It's pretty crazy. Good for them. Uh, last year, Business Insider ran a piece called 21 Sad Photos of Dead and Dying Kmart Stores. Ugh, Business Insider, jeez. There was no hyperbole in its headline. Kmart is a retailer of ruin. <laughs> Abandonment is its present. Dem demolition is its future. But now there's a soundtrack for its relatively prosperous past. This is thanks to Mark Davis, 42, who worked for Kmart in Naperville, Illinois. He has digitized his 56 cassette collection of the store's background music from 1989 to 1993. So, what happened here is, you know, when you used to walk into a store, it would, and it would be playing music, well, that music would obviously be coming from somewhere, and apparently, a lot of the time, it was coming from cassette tapes that would be sent by these companies that specialized in exactly this. And this man, when they would finish with a tape, because they would get new tapes every month, and then later, every week, would keep them. 
And for two decades now, he has held on to this collection of the music that was played at Kmart stores from 1989 to 1993, which is amazing. So click that link, okay. and it'll take you to archive.org. He's got a ton of these tapes, um, and I would recommend listening to the first one, Kmart, October 1989. Okay. And this is an hour and 30 minutes, but just listen to the very beginning of it. good (laughs) it's good like i could totally see someone sampling this isn't it kind of beautiful is this public domain i don't know i think archive.org kind of is in the weird it's his it's history part of the internet so i have no idea do i think that people are going to use these for their like chill wave vaporwave songs uh yeah i do man I was expecting something way worse. If you can, scroll to like 8 minutes and 30 seconds and listen to an ad. Okay. Martha Stewart, our entertainment and lifestyle consultant, knows that not everyone likes to spend as much time in the kitchen as she does. That's why for easy cooking and easy cleanup, she recommends the West Bend Food Processor, Food Chopper, and Six Quart Walk. West Bend, just another one of the great names that's at home with Martha Stewart and you. Man, Martha Stewart really banked on the wrong company. Yeah, Kmart was not the right choice, Martha. People sticking their nose up at Walmart, but Walmart's the one that's stay- sticking around. I'm talking to you too, Drew. You don't like Walmart? Whatever. <laughs> Man, I guess I just have like pooped on Kmart mentally in my head. I never shopped there, ever. Even when we were little kids, when we were poor, when we lived in different cities. Never, never, never have shopped at Kmart. So I guess I have a skewed vision of it. I, too, have never been interested in Kmart, but now, now I like it. <laughs> there's, something, there's something special about these. And, oh, my gosh, there's, um, there, are, there are ones that are Christmas music. Oh, gosh. And I, like, want to play them at a Christmas party in the future because it gives off this weird, weird vibe that is either pleasingly nostalgic or creepily nostalgic, depending on, you know, I guess your sense of things. I'll read a little bit more from the article, if that's okay with you. Yeah, go for it. Ripped from its proper time and place, the author says, consumed actively rather than absorbed passively, given a new narrative, the music becomes as haunting as an abandoned Kmart itself. Suddenly, it's an artistically significant time capsule, a window into the past we weren't supposed to have. And at 2 a.m., it scared the hell out of me. So I emailed Mr. Davis to find out the story behind it. And this is what he said. And I just thought it was kind of sweet. He says, I was 16 years old and Kmart was my first job, which lasted for 10 years. When working in a retail store with a looping program, you hear the same songs over and over. And then you hear the same song when you stop in and get your paycheck. And you hear them when you go to the store to visit friends when off the clock. Whether you initially like a song, artist, or genre, it really grows on you after hearing it over and over. That's what happened to me at the store, and I started liking the songs as they were predictable and helped the day along. I loved Kmart as a company, and they were good to me, and I met so many good friends. So, 
He just liked Kmart, and he liked the songs, and he kept the songs, and that's kind of it. And I think that's a sort of charming story that the internet doesn't always provide. No, the internet is the worst. <laughs> all right, there's a little bit of a, you know, happy ending for this all this Kmart mess. Yeah, I got you. Well, uh, I hate to uh, poop on that parade, but uh, you know, back to the internet we know and love. Yeah, yeah. And uh, bro, did you see this? Uh, following in line with our recent uh, weird food discoveries. Okay. Have you heard of uh, mustard pizza? What? Okay. Okay, I have a question for you, which is, what's your what's your deal? Why why do these stories appeal to you so much? We had the the mayonnaise ice cream, right? Yeah, yeah. We had another weird one recently too. Do you remember what it was? Yeah, we I've had a couple weird food you, ones. You there's something about these stories that they get you. This is this is you're the reason why these exist is because every time I know, that these are I know, made, I know. you say, oh, interesting, and you click on it. <laughs> And you, if if you were there, you would eat it. Yeah, I would. I would try it. Because, you know what? Look, just raw mustard, ugh, gross. But watching the video of them baking it, it could be an interesting flavor. I'm not going to get a whole pizza of it, whole pie. But I would try a little, like, slice, a little nibble. I mean, I'm watching it being made. So, so it's basically exactly a pizza. It looks less gross than it sounds. Yeah, it, it's basically exactly a pizza, but instead of having marinara sauce, it just has uh, deli mustard, spicy brown mustard. But they do like deli meats and cheese, so it's like a deli sandwich. Yeah, and at, at, at first it looks a little gross because it's it's raw dough, and then a dude just genuinely just covers it in mustard, and that looks not great. But I mean, it's because it's raw dough and raw dough covered entirely in mustard but the mustard gets baked and it looks nice when it comes out of the oven yeah it's like a it's like a spicy bread almost yeah i bet it's good i don't know if i would love it because a good i feel like you got to have that sweet the sweetness of the marinara sauce to like make the pizza taste really nice don't think of it as pizza think of it as like an open-faced yeah if i think of it as a hot sandwich sure it's great they did a great job making a bunch of hot sandwiches that are now square and open-faced. This is probably the least gross thing that I've suggested. It really is just a sandwich, a deconstructed sandwich. Whereas the, like, mayonnaise ice cream, okay, that's pretty gross. Not not, not that interesting. I'll try it, but gross. I mean, you know, and I feel like there's a little hyperbole here in the headline. Mustard pizza is the latest food to divide the internet. I don't think that if you served this pizza to a majority of people, that half of them would turn away. I'm pretty sure that some people just be like, that's kind of weird, and that's it. It's it's less a preference of, oh, how could you do that with this ingredient, and more, do you like mustard on sandwiches? No, then you probably won't like this pizza. I at first didn't think I was going to like it because I don't like yellow mustard, like American yellow mustard. Gotcha. Not a fan. But it's this, it's the nice, it's the nice, the brown one, the, you know, spicy Dijon, deli spicy, mustard or yeah. whatever. I kind of want this now. Can I take you to another food-related thing? Yep, please. Bro, did you see this? <laughs> I did see this. I did see this. It's a tweet by a guy who goes by J-E-V-H. Devolution. And he said, I noticed there was a blank wall at McDonald's, so I decided to make this fake poster of me and my friend. It's now been 51 days since I hung it up. And there's a picture of him and his friend sitting in a McDonald's, and behind them is what... Looks exactly like what I think all posters in McDonald's look like. Yeah, props to them that they nailed it. It is. 
Because there's something, what I, what I want to discuss about this is what makes a McDonald's poster. Because it's not a bad photo, and it's not a good photo, and it's not overly, like, professional, but it's also not unprofessional. It's a weird thing that you can replicate if you try really hard, and they clearly did, and they rocked it, and it's awesome that it exists. I'm interested to know how hard they tried to replicate the image because for me like you said it doesn't feel unprofessional but it doesn't feel feel professional but the mcdonald's photos feel just like that not like super ultra crisp um and like the most sharp and i'm not talking about quality i'm just talking about like the aesthetic and the placement but they don't feel you know uh, unprofessional and even the way they're holding the products like the sandwich and the fries it feels like spot on. Yeah, it like does. I always feel, I always feel like at the photo shoots, the models and the talent will hold the product and then the photographer will be like, yeah, that's great. But the producer or like someone, the representative for McDonald's corporate is like, uh, can you show the M more? Yeah. Well, it's going to be weird. It's going to be weird if they hold the, the, in the fry, <laughs> fry container with just the tips of their fingers. Well, yeah, but we really want to see the M. So that's always what it is. The fingers are just slightly weird enough to notice and be like, why are you holding it like that? That's not how you normally hold it. Even like he's holding the – so it's it's a guy. It's to the, the, the two friends talking. One of them is just holding a burger perfectly in its little weird wrapper that you <laughs> yeah. would never like really nope, use. That no one uses. And the other guy is, is holding a box of fries. And he's holding the box of fries with the front of the box forward like for the photographer. Which <laughs> yeah. Is, you wouldn't eat them that way. in itself – kind of weird because he wouldn't necessarily do that and like the logo is like clearly on display and he's got a backpack over his shoulder and then what i love is that they added this strange design element to it but it feels perfect it feels perfect it's basically just three circles made up of a bunch of little dots and one of the circles is is like is over the fries and then the other two circles are just kind of like off center and it does feel like that perfect corporate design element that doesn't mean anything and that's why it like got printed because it was so inoffensive and like so yes yes you know whatever that like corporate would approve it and like allow it in (laughs) in hundreds of their stores or thousands of their stores absolutely and it just is amazing it's so good i love every little bit of it yeah it props to these guys and also really impressive 51 days and it was up yeah, because why not? Because what employee, including the manager, is going to question? Yeah, because <laughs> there's nothing about it that's like, oh no, you know, we can't have this in our store. It just it's not is. even offensive. There's nothing no. negative. If I was McDonald's corporate, I'd be like, leave it up, whatever. <laughs> it's going to mess up the paint behind it, so just leave it. <laughs> they, I think that they've like now like posted stuff about it and like. Uh, you know, figured out like showing people how they got it up. I don't. I don't ever want to know. I don't want to know any of the backstory. This is one of those things where I love it in its own little world of somehow it's there, and by God, it should be there. That's the end of the story. Can I give you another link? Yeah, absolutely. That's in the same vein to me. Oh, perfect. Do it. Okay. Have you heard of this new game that's coming out called Goose Game? I have not. <laughs> okay, and actually, I should say that it's even better than that. I believe that the actual title of it is Untitled Goose Game. <laughs> and uh, 
<laughs> let me pull let me pull this up for you. I hope it stays that name. No, it's that's definitely the name of it. Untitled Goose Game. It's coming out on Nintendo Switch in the official trailer says Untitled Goose Game, which is so good. That's great. Here's the premise of the game, straight from the company's mouth. Are you ready for it? It's a lovely morning in the village, and you are a horrible goose. (laughs) So the point of the game is to just wreak havoc on all these people? Yep, as a goose. Now, okay, question. Uh Uh-huh. Why is what, what on the surface seems like a pretty simple, straightforward goose game... Why is it untitled? I think that this is a game that's like made as kind of a passion project by a really small indie development thing. And I'm pretty sure that basically he just started making this game and called it Untitled Goose Game. And then the game was in development for so long that Untitled Goose Game just became the title, which I do love. And now there's a little bit of charm in the name Untitled Goose Game, isn't there? Yes, but also, (laughs) I don't know. I just feel like you could have... I feel like Goose, just one word, would have been a fitting name for this game. Well, or or horrible. I guess goose. that I guess that's going to be saved for your g- untitled Goose game because <laughs> this one is this one is is titled and it its title is Untitled Goose Game. Oh man! They just did a demo at a conference. They made a incredible bulletin board to give some English countryside vibes. To the conference hall. And I want you to take a look at this because I love it so much. Okay. Car boot sale every Saturday. All cakes gratefully received. No apricots, thank you. Could you bake a cake for our open day? Televisions, televisions, televisions. I feel like a lot of these could go with that music that we heard from Kmart. (laughs) Exactly. Time for a nice cup of tea. It says in the caption that uh, they even used Print Shop for true authenticity, which Print Shop, I believe, is the pre-Photoshop equivalent for, like, Mac OS 9. Oh, gosh. So, like, these are, like, these are made the way that somebody who still has their computer from 1993 and lives in the English countryside might make a uh, bulletin, which is beautiful. That is great. And that was their setup. That was their setup. Yeah, I mean, look, there, there's the bulletin board, and then in front of it is two switches with the game on it. One thing I don't appreciate, and you're going to be like, really, Ben? Okay, on the bulletin board, mm-hmm. if you look at televisions, 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 mm-hmm. it's crooked. Mm-hmm. And you think, Ben, come on, the posters are, you know, papers are crooked. Yes, absolutely. But look at, look closer. Look at the two corners. It was pinned crooked on purpose question mark mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. if it had one pin in the center i'd be like all right cool it's a crooked poster but you put them crooked on purpose the the illusion is is fading away you know i no longer think this is a, a small town bulletin board and i think this is a marketing campaign for an untitled goose game come on guys details and they could have saved themselves a pin absolutely and yeah realistically they all should probably have one pin some of them have four pins. That's aggressive. So you're not going to be paying 219 pounds for a 20-inch color TV. I might, but, you know, come on. <laughs> I mean, I'm still going to grab one of the little pullaways to get the number, but, you know, I just I would appreciate some some better detail, attention to detail, you know? Come on. Come on, guys. My favorite one of these is the one that says, could you bake a cake for our open day? And it has <laughs> the perfect clip art of a cake. And then underneath it says, all cakes gratefully received, no apricots, thank you. <laughs> that is pretty great. I'll check back in once Goose, Untitled Goose Game is out. We'll have to review it and do like a live stream on Twitch. Absolutely. All right, well, bro, 
Bro, did you see this? Uh, Balenciaga is at it again. Okay. So we've talked about weird shirts from them. We've talked about weird shoes from them. They're just a weird company, you know? They make these expensive clothes, and uh, they always got a weird tilt. So today is uh, no different. Balenciaga has a $9,000 coat, which, wow, that's a lot. And it's literally a bunch of jackets on top of each other. I'm into this. This is great. <laughs> you would be. You would be. What, what I like about this is that it's a seven-layer coat for $9,000, which means that each coat must be approximately... What, $1,200, $1,300? But do you think it's all the full jackets? That's what I'm just... saying. I like the idea that it, if it's the full jackets and, and the jackets are worth more than 1300 well, then that's a bargain, Ben. And <laughs> then you got yourself a bargain on your hands. Maybe it's kind of like a bundle. I guess. I want someone to buy it and deconstruct it. <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too. I want the like extreme unboxing yes, of yes. this Balenciaga $9,000. <laughs> the coat comprises of plaid shirts jersey hoodies, and technical fleeces featuring cuff sleeves, two front patch pockets, a drawstring hood, and a coordinating hem. To put it simply, it's a jacket over many other jackets. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, I saw this and I thought, oh, this is interesting. I'm doing a little research here because I'd like to know more. Just like the last one. The, the problem with these Balenciaga links is that I need to know everything about them and Balenciaga does not give up the details. And they're short on details. Did you find it on their site already? No. Sort results by high to low. I always love clicking that button. It makes me feel very wealthy. <laughs> uh, All right. Well, notwithstanding, and I legitimately am asking this question. What do you think of this look? This look of layers on layers? So, I personally, I don't think it's more, I don't think it's so much of a look as it looks like it's a necessity. Like if you're in a big city or if you're in a place where it's mad cold, I could see, uh, you know, a person just layering on jackets. And that's just a byproduct that you look like this. Um, but just wearing it regular, it seems like it would get hot. It seems like it's a little bit cumbersome and a little bit much. Like even the weird shirt thing. No, I can't even defend that. Just kidding. That's weird, too. <laughs> I don't know. It It's definitely the least weird Balenciaga product that we've looked at because it just it has the appearance of normal clothes. The model that's wearing it, his hands have disappeared in these, these sleeves. It's a bit much on the sleeve game, I think. So that might be the problem. But, yeah, I think it's kind of awesome. No, never, never. Would I pay $9,000 for it? No, but I mean, you know, I don't think I'm Balenciaga's, like, prime demographic to begin with. Okay, if you were given this, would you keep it and mm, wear it? That's, that, that is a good question, and probably the answer is no, because it's a, it's a whole lot. If I'm being honest, I have, like, a hard time putting on a normal coat. I don't want to <laughs> put on nine coats at once. And also, if it was, like, hollowed out, and it was just the, the um, like the seam, like just the button areas and zipper areas of these. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. But uh, it's probably a bunch of jackets sewn together. Also, I was on the Balenciaga site just now, and I saw this image, and it made me laugh because they're dumb. <laughs> 
it's a guy wearing a jacket, but he's wearing those one of those double double shirts that we talked about previously, and he's letting the shirt that's sewn on top of his shirt just hang out all together, and it looks really silly. Like he's got a feathery. It looks really dumb. I'm not going to try to defend yeah, no, that one. Not that's at all. for sure. Not in the slightest. But I want to talk about one more link. Can we talk about one more link? Yeah, we can. The link that I want to talk about today is the Uber redesign, rebrand 2018. So you and I exchanged this link, but I asked you not to talk about it yet because I wanted to talk to you about it here. And not only did I want to talk to you about it here, I like talking about this kind of stuff with you in person because sometimes it's really easy to look at something like this and just have some sort of flippant like text response. But I feel like this is worth a discussion. So Absolutely. Uber, this is design number three for them, I believe. Yeah. Yep. They had just the word Uber and then they had the coin looking logo. And yeah. And now they're back to the word Uber done up in a new typeface. Is that yeah. right? Yep. I believe so. Okay. And I I could be wrong, but my guess is that Uber made its own logo long ago, logo number one, and then had some sort of outside influence for logo number two, and then brought logo number three back in-house, because they're very proud of this, and they're not talking about it as if anyone else ha- helped with it. In fact, I see right here, uh, members slash roles, Uber brand experience team, and Wolf Allens. So is Wolf Allens a agency? Probably. But I'm assuming that Uber was the one that really started this. So I'm going to send you real fast. This was the first one. So the first logo, oh yeah, I'm sorry. It wasn't even just the word Uber. It was just a big U done up in almost a weird embossed metallic look with um, kind of a hookup on the top of the U. And then they did this one, which I actually was a fan of. You were or weren't? The second one, I was a fan of. Um, I thought it was a nice, clean... And if I remember it... It was something to do with, like, currency or coin. It looks very much like a like a coin from China. It was, uh, it, uh, uh, like, your point on the map. That's what they were... Yeah, and that's what I was about to say. And also a reflection of, like, a, a GPS dot or a destination arrived dot, which is... It's a cool idea. I do like it. So, and now we have... Off the bat, I don't like it. No. No. It's not for me. Okay. And I'm pretty, well, how do I say this? I'm pretty gung-ho for simplification of brands. I really don't like it when people online are, oh, what happened to the good old days of weird logos and misshapen things? No, my OCD definitely takes over when I critique or make or design. Um, so I, I, I'm in favor of simplification. But this one felt like a simplification in the wrong direction. Yeah. I thought that second logo that I showed you was simple enough and it was mature and and it was clean and it was unique enough. It was not so weird, but you definitely, oh, that's Uber. Okay, cool. And the little, you know, coin thing was interesting. Yeah. This one, it feels like it's a font. Yeah. The other one feels like they created it. This one feels like they chose a font and just typed out the word Uber. And also, I'm not a fan of the uppercase, lowercase amalgam of the U with the stem. Um, and I get it. They're trying to make a road with the right and the right side of the U and the left side of the B. But it, yeah, it just feels peculiar to me. And yeah, I don't know. It's really lacking 
you know, uh, character. It's really lacking vibrancy. And if you scroll down, they like they show the uh, what's it called, the branded palette, like color palette and all that stuff. It's black and white. Those are their main colors now. And I think it's a little bit, it's a little bit uh, disappointing. Now there are definitely some companies. I mean, I I you know worked at a company that is black and gold and white. Um, but I don't know that everyone needs it. Um, I don't know, man. It, the whole thing just feels uh, uh full of it, and and uh, like they, they they made something and then they attributed so much meaning to it. Like looking at the app, looking at the sticker, looking at all these various elements of this redesign. It just feels hollow. Yeah. The only part that I like is probably the framing and how to arrange content. That's cool. And uh, I dig that. You know, those rules are nice that, you know, it, it creates a you with the the image. Um, that's smart. They should have done that from the, from the get-go. But everything else just feels really hollow, really uninspiring. The font, you know, it could be replaced with circular or Galano Grotesque, or, you know, so many other fonts. It just, yeah, I don't know. It, it bums me out. What I really think is the true uh, reason, they had problems with the past CEO, and they now have a new CEO, and when you get a new chairman or a new board, a lot of times they change everything. So, you know, there's no remnant of the old guard, and I get that. But sometimes you don't have to change everything. I don't know. I, I was a little disappointed. I think that the other reason that they might have done this is is to, to become a more friendly company because everything that is the bad PR that Uber is currently experiencing is that they are non-friendly, like both as a corporation and as a taxi service. Uh, and I do think that the old Uber logo definitely has a bit of a dystopian future tech newer look to it like if you put that in like blade runner that coin you know if you slapped that coin logo on like a gritty taxi with like a terrifying driver that wouldn't look out of place that would look right um where like just the word uber itself can look better and like more friendly um you know they have it in a they actually have it in a taxi and it's just the word uber in black on a nice white thing and i think that that's what they're trying to do is become the friendly company that will take you from place to place as opposed to the organization that's going to take over mass transport in the future like when's the last time you heard about uber and self-driving cars never because well the last time you heard about it was when this the old ceo was in place because that was his dream yeah and this the whoever is in charge now is saying let's look happy and let's look friendly and let's look charming and we'll go from there and i mean what their their competitor their main competitor lyft has been the friendly company with the purples and the pinks and the light colors, you know? I really dislike Lyft's logo. Mm-hmm. And I was, from a visual standpoint only, I was really gunning for Uber because I dig their visuals and I thought they were really cool. And I think I even saw this this campaign on maybe their Instagram or something. And I don't know if you talked about this, but it was um, uh, it was inside of a car and it was ta- the photo was taken in a way that the framing of the window 
and the person were all dark, like black, mm. just super contrasted, super w- w- washed out. And the 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 window, the scene that was there was super vibrant and super poppy, almost like an Apple ad. And so I saw things like that, and I was excited of like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. Uber is doing a great job visually, you know, uh, politics aside, uh, CEO aside. Visually, I really appreciate what they're doing. Yeah. So to see this, man, stinking bummer. It's a bummer. Yeah, and like they're they're highly like focusing on lots of photography, lots of colorful photography, and it just looks like boring business photography. Um, they have like a an example of what their billboards might look like, and one of the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Well, no, two of the eight billboards have anything to do with transportation. The rest of them are just yeah. pictures of people and leaves and dancing. And that's so boring. So uh, I'm not super interested in it either. Um, and I'm also very interested in how quickly they rolled it out. Like before I even heard about it, it was updated on my phone as the logo for the for Uber itself, which seems kind of dangerous to do from a branding perspective. Yeah. It, ugh. Oh, they cleared their they cleared their Instagram of all those previous photos that I was looking at. Oh, bummer! Gosh, it's just yeah, they were really beautiful. I wish I would have saved some. But man, it yeah, and yeah, I, I don't like how they rushed it out too. It almost felt like through the cover of night. Yeah, like they just want to exist as this other company, which I get it, but also I don't know. It, it just feels weird when their previous rebranding was so huge. And remember, they came up with all those patterns, and they they went to different cities, and they found um, textures yeah. in those cities, and that was the pattern. When you like that kind of stuff, felt meaningful, still felt uh, you know long lasting. Right. This feels pretty. Just again, hollow is the word. Um, yeah, and full of it. It's really yeah. It's a bummer. Really. Well, I guess you're not into it. Nope, not into it. <laughs> and I, I love these things, but yeah, that's it was funny when, when I when we texted about it and you were like, Oh, I had this on my list. I was like, all right, let's save it, let's save it, let's save the angry rant. <laughs> what one last thing I wanted to bring up is this um these new geometric looking art pieces. Oh, yeah, that I mean those are pretty, but you know, I they didn't have bad geometric images before um in fact i felt like the other ones that they had previously um were more from a a person who illustrates they were more impressive and more like wow i could do that but man it would take me a minute these feel these feel very very simplistic which i know is part of the point but but not simplistic in a yeah not simplistic in a way of intentional like apple is simple it feels simple in like dog this is clip art or like right how long did this take you to make i don't know it just it's too simple i think that this is going to be an issue that people deal with you know this is kind of the opposite of the dropbox problem where um it's almost like companies that are boring want to be exciting and companies that are exciting want to be boring when exciting becomes a problem. Yeah. And so now Uber has yeah. gone back to the extreme of boring after trying to do some exciting things. And that's kind of a shame. 
Um, and I mean, yeah, it doesn't it doesn't really matter because in the grand scheme of things, this is just a logo, and they'll live or die by whether people actually care about them and whether their in- internal culture is not exceedingly toxic. Uh, so we'll see how they do. Not really based on this alone, but I wish that there would be more creativity and more risk and less boring. And this is boring. Very boring. Very boring. It, it, it bums me out even more. You bringing up Dropbox. Because, man, that was so interesting and so weird and fun and quirky. And look, it's not even been a problem. You know, it's not even been like they changed the UI so drastically. It just was their marketing campaign and some colors. So you could be um, safe and calm for business, but you don't have to sacrifice, you know, your taste or, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just, dang it, Uber, disappointing me. So now will you use Lyft? No. (laughs) I still don't like Lyft. It's the CBS Kmart Get Ready Giveaway. And get ready for Gerald McCraney as Major Dad. He's a Marine officer who thought his toughest battles were over till he fell in love with a sizzling civilian and her three darling daughters. It's a hilarious battle of the sexes. So get ready for Major Dad, Mondays on CBS. And now you have a second chance at winning any unclaimed grand prizes by entering the CBS Kmart Get Ready Giveaway Second Chance Sweepstakes. Look for details here at Kmart. There are two things you need to be a success in the kitchen. Good recipes and good equipment. Like Visions Cookware, Pyrex Bakeware, and French White and Corel Dinnerware from Corning. It's all recommended by Martha Stewart, our entertainment and lifestyle consultant. Fix them up today and start making even your best recipes turn out better. Corning, just another one of the great names that's at home with Martha Stewart.